Here we go. Real world, one old school lens. Four different perspectives and one eighty-five mallet. Let's go. Welcome to the Four Acres of the Malibu Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alder DeRose, better known as Halado. I'm a Libra. Your other hosts are Kelly Fox. Kelly Fox here, better known as Fox. That's what everybody call me. I'm a Capricorn. Reggie Wooten. Reggie Wooten, also known as Reg Nice to the fellas. And I'm an Aries. And Darnell Braggs. It's your boy D. Weezy on set. Sagittarius, 5-0 Club. Now let's do it. I'm really excited about this podcast. We're going to give you a unique perspective on current day events and also from time to time have some friends drop by. But the purpose of this podcast is to inform you and to have fun in the process. So let's go ahead and get started. Yeah, so I thought it this would be a good place to talk about why we started the podcast in the first place and what the title means. Four acres in a Malibu. So the four acres represents the little piece of the pie that we got. We was promised 40. We got four. I think we're doing all right. And the Malibu is one of our first cars. And if you ever remember how important that first car was, it meant your conduit from, from home where you had been your whole life to wherever the hell you was going. So that's how we came up with the podcast name and uh, tossing it back over to you, Laldo. Yeah. So hey, my first car, man, I had this white Volkswagen Jetta. I rolled it on three wheels for about eight years, but it got me from where I needed to go. Hey, you know, you know, I had my first car was was that 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 powder blue Malibu. Dude, that was the first car me and Lotto had an accident in. Remember that, Lotto? Yes. Yeah, I still yeah. got the Scott yeah. player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's back before seatbelts was mandatory. So uh, I think I don't I don't think I need to say anything else about that one. So so you know what the problem with that Reg is though is you was driving. So I'm free to do whatever I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I was I was multitasking before multitasking was a thing. Correct. You know that's a you know that's a ticket now. Like they, they were <laughs> right. tickets right. right. for, for multitasking. You realize right. I, and obviously you failed at it. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Multitasking is a misdemeanor when you when you're driving. I, who knew? I didn't know. I didn't know. Absolutely. Hey, I guess. Hey, 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 Junior. So so uh, what what was you rolling with that first car? On that 80 Pontiac Bonneville, man, with the full coach leather package, automatic <laughs> windows, smell good. The little pine cone smell good uh, hanging up in the, in the mirror, man. Who's doing it? Absolutely. If I remember correctly, it was a two-door, right? Yeah, it's a two-door. You got to climb in the back. <laughs> <laughs> it was a two-door. Big body, though. Yes, sir. Nice and pretty. With the Vogue wheels, we, we, we in there. Yeah, man. But that. hey, but, but for all of us, man, that, that first car, that first whip, man, represented... Uh, the beginning of all our journeys, right? And so now we at this place where we, you know, we we rolling Benzes and Hondas and Audis and Infinities. So Datsun uh, I two twenty is, is what I what I'm on. Datsun I two twenty. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, hey my my second my second whip is a minivan. So let's not let's not forget that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Represent, represent. So it's got black Soccer wheels though. It's got it's got black wheels. Black yes, wheels. yes. Yeah, it's got. Oh, absolutely. So, so and, you, it's fine. It's fine. Hey, thank you know, you, I still you, got that Chevy you. Citation in the driveway, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> With the hatchback. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Absolutely. So, so oh, boy. The, the same key to open a hatchback opens the glove compartment. And unlocks the wheels. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, boy. Don't lose don't lose that key, dude. Don't you lose be that key. You don't be, lose be all, all hell to break loose. Right, right. <laughs> hey, hey, but, hey, but if y'all remember, man, my Volkswagen got to the point where I ain't even had no lock on the trunk no more. I had to stick my finger in the little apartment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and pop hey, it man, out. What was it about your jet, man? How many times did your Volkswagen get broken into, man? Well, so so, so since you want to bring up bad memories and stuff, Reg, uh, I'm probably about saying. four. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, you know, I thought I was cool. I went and got me a couple of snatch out radios. And then I kept on having to go buy snatch out radios. I, I think I bought three of them. I had a, uh, well, I had some some 12s in the trunk. And what was crazy is when, when I turned it on, the whole trunk basically just shook off. I mean, I had flat tires and everything off that uh, off them 12s. Hey, hey, he would jump in there with, man. He'd be zero to 31 in about 2.1 seconds. <laughs> when he jump in the car, he was at, he was at, the, at the stop sign in the corner, man, in about two seconds. <laughs> he flew yes, he floated off the block, man. Hey, 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 Junior, but but hey, but Reds remember this, man. We was down in school since I was one of the few people with a car. Man, you know what I'm saying? It'd be seven, eight of us trying to go to the mall. Man, hey, in a Volkswagen Jetta, man. You know how small that car is? The question was at school though, who whose car were you driving though? <laughs> well, well, oh, boy. well, well, initially oh. I was driving my car. <laughs> Oh, okay. yeah, let's not. Right. Let's not. No, that evolved into other things. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, we, had a, we had those discussions at, at, at a different part. <laughs> so, so jumping forward, hey, so Kelly, how, how was your first car experience? Oh, boy. Mine was good, man. Like, I got, I got my first car from my mama. Um, so it was a Plymouth Turismo. We'd do this baby blue. Do that. You couldn't tell me that they had like the, it didn't have the, the 60 40 folding split seat. Okay. It had 100% folding. <laughs> 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 the back seat would just lay down, dude, dude. Hey, but listen, I had no 12s, but I, I remember the old, like, old school speakers with the cabinet. Yeah. Like they, you, yes. the wood cabinet. Six so the speakers out of that, dude, and wired it. Hardwired to my radio. Hey, when there's a will, there's a way. When there's a will, there's a way. Hardwired. I learned it in shop class. Literally, I learned how to solder wires. Okay. And I was like, oh, well, if you could do, if you could solder wires, like, because we had to build like little mini speakers in the class. Right. And I was like, well, if you could do that, then you could do that. Literally, hardwired. <laughs> home speakers to my to my car's spe- uh, sound system. Hey, dude, we're, 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 I'm trying to imagine in, in the South Woods and I had the six four. Uh, somebody broke into the ride and stole the radio. Yeah. So we had to get we for for a little while, a couple months, man. We carried around a boom box in the back seat with, <laughs> with, with no. eight D batteries, man. That was the radio for the whip. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it got me. It got me like two or three times, man. Took the radio, so I'm like, forget. It. I just carry a boombox around. Right, right. Because man, you just take it with you. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> dude, all I can remember with my first car, dude, was just the freedom to come and go. Like, like you could, oh, you know, man. hop in the car, do. And and at that point, we were going to. There was like uh, there was a house party just about every night of the week. Something. Yes, sir. Like there was a party somewhere. Something. You know, and back then. You know, I mean, young young cats listening to this won't understand. But back then, you had professional party promoters, right? And they would book out 
ballrooms on, yep. you know, and people would like, when I say ballrooms, I mean like the Hilton ballroom, you know, yeah. you go down there and it would be filled, filled with people. You had to wait like around the block to get into a party. Literally, yes, that's how big the parties used to be. And so <laughs> by that time, dude, we were, we, dude, we had fully immersed ourselves as young kids in the house scene, dude. And we just, we, so I went to school with uh, Felix Stallings. Fantasy girl. Oh, wow. Uh, nice. Yeah, so we, I went to high school with him. So, dude, we, we knew, we already knew what time it was. Absolutely. And so what's crazy about you saying that is so, you know, me growing up out west with uh, Junior and uh, Reg, we, I mean, the, the places we would travel to go to a party, man, like, because we, we'd be up at the Riviera, <laughs> up north, Man, dude, and there was nothing like a Wednesday night, uh, college night at the Riviera. Who you telling? Who you telling? Lord have mercy. Uh, we'd be downtown. We'd be out south. Uh, with some of the spots, Junior downtown. Uh, obviously the uh, the convent, the convent, uh, the North Beach Club. Yeah, uh, Moretti's. Moretti's. Yes. Oh, Moretti's, yeah. yeah Moretti's was, oh, my God. Man, it was, oh, man, the, the, the talent yeah. at Moretti's. Oh, yeah, that, 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 that's a whole different podcast to talk that's about. That's a whole other <laughs> Lord, And then for a minute, you know, we tried to be on that grown stuff, start going to the click, Chick Ricks. Ah, what's the other spot? Cotton Club. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, yeah. Put, put, put on the four piece suit and uh, try to be grown. All right, welcome back to Four Acres in the Malibu podcast. So it, it, that brings me to another question. So, you know, how when we were younger, we used to, there, we could go to any party, any night of the week, there was something going on and we was all over the city. That's what our car, first car represented, right? And so I, I, I'm curious, so our kids or the kids that are partying now don't have their version of that. And so I'm curious, is it that the city changed and like you just can't move around everywhere? Is it that the music changed? Is it what, what I mean, like what happened? Why, why they don't have what we had? So from my perspective, uh, the, the biggest thing that's changed is the only way we could see our friends is you had to actually leave the house. Right. So so for us to hear the music, to be able to hang out with our buddies. Uh, to do these things, you actually had to get up and leave the house. I mean, because otherwise you had no access to these people. You had no access to... Because think about it, the only time we ever heard house music was at the party. Unless you knew a cat who had some tapes. But otherwise, you had to actually get up and leave the house. And that was the whole reason why we went to this park. Man, dude, me and Junior, <laughs> man, uh, at the uh, the warehouse, man, dude, yeah, it, never it'd be snowstorm, it'd be Armageddon and a, and a hurricane and we stand stand in front of the warehouse talking about man, what time to party? You know what I'm saying? I used to buy, buy my house tapes from, from Dynasties on 17th and Madison. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 and so, uh, <laughs> so with these shorties now, man, they 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 don't have to. I mean, dude, they, they what they they spend all their time playing video games. They they FaceTiming, uh, uh, Snapchatting, all this other nonsense. 
Um, uh, the, in, the, inter, the internet, everything is served up to them nowadays, right? right? So, so you don't so have you, to leave the house. Right. Can you nope. imagine what it would have been like for us had we had all those mediums back then? Nah, because Lana would still be in college to this day. <laughs> Just saying. He still, he was still, he'd be all, on the twenty-year plan, right? All of them. Yep, yep. I, I probably, yeah, I probably would still have a Super Nintendo system that I still be playing to this day. Absolutely. That was the. Well, that so, was so the I, I guarantee this: if, if Reg didn't have to leave the house, he would have never left the house. You know, I what I mean? never left the house. Dude. Y'all think I'm light skinned now? Y'all think I'm light skinned now? Zelda? Did you ever play Zelda, Reg? <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yep. I was addicted. I was addicted to Zelda. Man. I used to come off from the gig, man, jump on Zelda every night. So that's a good Zelda. point, right? So so we had what I would assume is their version of what keeps you in the house. So, Lalo, you said that, uh, you know, they have, that we actually had to get up and leave the house. But we were there at the advent of video games. Do we, we, we could, that could have captured us and, and kept us from doing all the things that we ended up doing. But it did. But 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 at that time, video games was the. Uh, I mean, it's not even close to where there was. I mean, there was no online gaming. I mean, basically, you would have to be sitting next to somebody to play. So think about it. In college, though, when Madden was first introduced, dude, I, I know many many stories, Reg, where we we ain't leave the house for eight hours because we playing Madden. You know what I'm saying? That's true. That's true. It wasn't every night, though, right? Right. It wasn't every night because I mean, you actually had other things to do, and you actually wanted to leave the house and go run up on chicks or. You know, go get you a forty ounce or whatever, whatever it is that we was doing at 40 the time. Old uh, and, right. But but now, video games is an uh, entertainment option for children. Where it wasn't an entertainment option for us; it was just something to do on the side, in between everything else we was doing. Right. Well, see, nowadays it's it's not just video games. It's all of these electronics. It's video games. It's the cell phones that are just mini computers. It's right. the internet. It's the texting. It's all of the million and one apps they got. So they, they got a lot of distractions. You know what I mean? They, they got a lot of stuff to do other right. than go to clubs like we used to. You know what I mean? Right. right. But, but, there was nothing, but there was nothing better, especially, you know, when we get, got to that 19, 20, 21 year old age. I mean, but that's how you met, you know, you met people, man. That's how you got out, man. Just hang out with your buddies. Um, I mean, the interaction, that's why I like, these young people struggle with relationships because they don't have to have, they don't have to create them anymore. Dude, my son, back when I, like when we was outside, like playing, uh, you know, softball in the front yard, playing right. uh, tackle football in the front yard, all of that stuff. Dude, my son don't do that. No. He play video yeah. games and he, he chatting online with his boys. You know what I mean? Dude, dude, I got the same thing, man. You know what I'm saying? He, he go outside and shoot like 25 jumpers and then he back in the house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's it. Right, right. He work up a little bit of sweat beads or two and then he out. He's like, I'm done. This is enough. Correct. Like, I, I, I don't Xbox. get it. Right. Yeah, they, the Xbox is calling me. Hey, hey, but they're going to have to, they're just going to have to do better. You know what I'm saying? You know Because <laughs> we, we, ain't, we ain't got time for all this no more. <laughs> hey, but 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 with all that being said, man, let, let's 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 keep it moving. You know, talk briefly about uh, you know, 2020. You know, first of all, happy new year to all y'all. You know what I'm saying? 2020 is definitely in our rearview mirror. But one of the things we, we can't move forward without uh, you know, reflecting a little bit and uh the impact that 2020 had on all of us. I mean, it it, it was it was a tough year for many of us, um, you know, personally and uh, you know, family wise. 
but uh, we made it. Well, one of the things I keep stressing to everybody is we've learned how strong we really are now that the fact that we've made it to 2021. But let's talk a little bit about, you know, the things that impacted us. And I'll begin with the biggest thing that that impacted me in 2020. And it was in the start of the year off is uh, when Kobe died. I mean, that that was like somebody taking uh, a hammer and punching me in my chest. Uh, that just knocked me knocked me around. And I, initially I was like, man, wow, that's tragic. But that, I mean, that just sat with me for days. And I mean, the brief story I'm going to tell about it is, you know, I was at a tournament for my son. The game's already intense. And one of my guys that I'm always, you know, we sit together. He's, he's already getting phone calls. And in this particular moment, he got a phone call. And normally he just, you know, cuts them off and be like, man, hey, I'm, I'm you know, I'm watching this game. I got to go. And then he just paused. And I heard the pause and I turned and looked at him and then he looked at me and was like, Kobe died. And I looked at him and I said, Kobe, who? He's like, Kobe Bryant. And at that moment, you don't, you don't, it's, it's hard to just uh, rationalize all of that. And then, man, within two to three minutes, you just see everybody in the gym just looking down at their phone, man. Everybody just start whispering. And like, this is an intense game. It's like two minutes left. The kids are going back and forth. It's a one, one possession game. They playing hard. The parents <laughs> losing their minds. Uh, and then we ended up losing the game. And then just afterwards, everybody was just in stunned silence. Uh, you don't know how to react to it. And then, you know, we get in the car and then the news breaks and you listening to it and you're trying to rationalize and understand it. And then, you know, it was much later that day and even the next day when we actually realized how big of an impact um, that crash had. You know, it, it didn't just take him and his daughter, but seven other people. And, you know, that's that's one of the biggest tragedies I can remember in my lifetime. And, um, and it's something I will never forget. I'll never forget where I'm at. And, you know, we, we to this day, we're always going to keep those people in our prayers. You know what I'm saying? So what, what y'all think, Reg? I know you got something to say about that. Man, so, you know, to your point, though, 2020, like, it's going to be one of those years where you it will be forever remembered as the year Kobe died. You know what I mean? Like, you right. will, that, that's, that's going to go down in history, uh, among other things, obviously, but as the year Kobe died. Like, I don't remember, I think Kobe died in what, January? I don't remember, I don't remember the weeks before that. Like, I don't remember anything about 2020. Correct, I agree with that, You know, and the the worst part for me is, so that that was just a tragic weekend, that, that whole weekend. So my boy Greg Reeves got shot. So for those of you that don't remember, Greg Reeves was the state trooper from Chicago that and this story made national news. He was a state trooper from Chicago that got shot in the um, in the cigar shop. Right, he got shot in the cigar shop, uh, and like it was just that was my first blow. Like that that happened on a Friday night, and like I know a lot of cats. Like this this dude, everybody knew this cat. Like from my neighborhood, like I grew up with this cat, man. And he was one of the most respected dudes from our generation in the whole neighborhood. Exactly. So Greg and this and this his story made national news. Like I got people in Atlanta and in uh, Florida that all said that they saw the, the the segment on the news and they knew him too. They were all from the neighborhood. Yeah. But then so Greg got shot on Friday night. Right. Kobe Kobe died two days later. That Sunday morning. Correct. 
Dude, mm. you talking about just a dark cloud over that whole weekend, man. I don't oh, think man. me, right. me, my wife, I don't think we've cried that much in all the 2021 that we did that particular weekend, man, just with Greg and then Kobe. Dude, it's to this day, we still feel the pain of, of what that weekend was like. <clears throat> yeah, that was yeah. tough for all of us, man. Go ahead, Joe. It was um, it was so surreal, man. I was at the crib and um, I was actually listening to um, Howard McGee on uh, V103. It just kind of come back on the radio um, during weekend. And, uh, you know, he, he broke into to a song and, he you know, he, he goes, you know, uh, and, and he's, he's a jokester. So you kind of take him, you know, you, t- you take what he says as, as, as with a grain of salt. So right. he comes and he's like, you know, uh, you know, breaking news, you know, um, you know, Kobe Bryant was in a, you know, helicopter accident. And you, and you, it's one of the things when you hear it, it's like you said, I mean, at the game, it's like, you know, it's like you responded to your guy at the game. It's like, I, I, I thought, I actually thought he was joking, which you always ask, the second question you ask yourself is, why would somebody joke about something so crazy? But I thought he was joking, you know, and then, you know, you talked about before, before the social media era, era, you know, now, you know, I think that's one of the first places we go. You know, you go to social media to kind of see, is there any validity to this story? And then you just, it's so interesting how you watch the feed. First, you'll, you'll, you'll refresh your feed and it's, you'll see something about somebody cooking some food and, you know, and something about, you know, then, then you start, you see, a, you see a Kobe post. Then you see, you know, you refresh again and you see only, you know, instead of the, the four posts about food, you see two and you see two more Kobe posts. You refresh again and every, every post is about Kobe. You know, it's yep. like, it's, yeah, it's like, that's how it goes, man. It's like, and it was just like you said, like, in, if we had already had the situation with Greg. So those were still rolling in, you know, because people, you know, was everybody, it's like you said, Reg, everybody in the neighborhood knew him. He was just, that he was such a cool cat. He was like yeah. an old chief for the neighborhood. It wasn't not, you know, not on the negative, man. He was one of those cats that just inspired everybody because he just, he would befriend you no matter what, you know, like he, you looked at him kind of like on a higher level, but he befriended you no matter what, you know? So yeah, it was a tough weekend, man. It was rough. Dude, he just, re- he just retired like a year and a half uh, earlier from, from the state, being a state trooper for like 25, 30 years, something like right. that. Man. So he wasn't even a year. He wasn't even two years in his retirement, I believe, when, when no, he got he shot, man. So it was, right. yeah. And then in his early 50s, man, he had the rest of his life sitting in front of him, man. And uh, I told a lot of this story. I just get in real quick. Um, when that when that happened, I, I, I had this. I don't know where this came from, but I used to always have this. That thought in my mind that I'll be driving down to Eisenhower one night. Yep. <laughs> doing about about 30 miles over the limit. And I would get pulled over by Greg, <laughs> and he'd come up to the car and say, "Hey, what's up? you know, get, you know, for bread, whatever," and let me off, let me off. I, I swear, every time I was driving down to Eisenhower, that was my thought that Greg was gonna pull me over one night and let me off. I don't know if he ever would have, but that's right. my that's my, right. my connecting thought with Greg. You know? Yeah, but but right. he, was, he, was, he was but he was that type of dude though. So uh, yeah. you know, he would he was just super cool, man. He he treated everybody the same. Uh, I mean, I you know, we seen him out kicking it a couple of times. We used to hoop with him. And, you should um, play ball. Yep. Yeah. And oh, he was yeah. just that he was just that dude. He was that dude that you wanted to be like. I'm sure, you know, uh he, he had his choice of uh, you know, women. And uh you just wanted to be be in that dude's presence. So, you know, he gonna be missed too, man. And and that man, all of that was just tough. That that was a that was a tough weekend for everybody. Yeah. And, Two uh, days later, and then then the Kobe bomb dropped, dude. Like Junior right. said, man, I didn't I didn't I refused to believe it until I saw multiple news exactly. outlets air Correct. the story. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I, didn't, I, didn't want, I wasn't going to believe it. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, because it, it was too much. It, it was it was just too much. To, and then to hear all of the extra, right? To hear his daughter and then these other seven people also right. on the helicopter. It's like, come on, like like seriously, like that's that's yeah. no way to start the year. That was yeah. tough on all of us, man. And then to, to just, and the, but but for me too, what what and like you know, like obviously I, I love ball, but uh, I, I was never the biggest Kobe fan. But but to see how he moved so many people, man, to watch. You know uh, the Lakers uh, and just the rest of the league. I mean, the, the, those dudes were devastated. The league as a whole, the country as a whole, was just devastated by losing somebody like him. Because the one thing I enjoyed about him, and I watched a couple of documentaries, was he just found himself. You know, he started to really get comfortable with who he was and what he meant to this world, and he was willing to share. and And that is ridiculous when you don't under, when when you coming when you dealing with a person of his genius. Uh, Cause he understood basketball like nobody understood basketball, and he was willing to share beyond uh, to everybody, and it was just amazing. The fact that he won an Oscar, you know, a year removed, a couple of years removed from the NBA, is, is is ridiculous. What he was doing for his daughter and their team, and just what he was doing for the uh, society as a whole. So he he gonna be missed, man. Uh, that was tough. Quality dude, quality dude. Yeah, yeah, man. Was embracing, like, was really sinking into his role as a father. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Oscar was was an animated film, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Family friendly, you know, and it was coaching his daughter's team and all of that, man. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. He, so will, we, he will be missed, man. Absolutely. Do y'all ever buy into that concept, man, that things happen in threes? You know, I, like, he was such a quality dude. I, I was thinking about that as we were talking about him and then how Greg was such a quality dude. You ever buy into that concept at all? I'm just curious. Well, well, you know I, I know it said a lot, yeah. right? But, but I guess my question would be, and, and maybe excuse my ignorance, but what, what, what would have been the third piece of it? I, that, that was my next question: is, to, is to, to ask if if there was a connection on that on that level. But, but usually, I shouldn't say usually, but it, uh, and there's a lot of instances where you see things happen like that, and people start even on social media would mention, okay, it happens in threes, and then you'll hear about a third, or it may have already happened. I just I was curious because to me. I, you kind of um, and I, I wouldn't equate the two, but but we talking about you know you, you know Greg is is a local guy for us, but when you talk about the genuine quality of a person, I mean right. you, you you can talk on the same level about about those two cats. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, yeah. I just brought it to mind yeah. because I read to mention it was in such proximity. I wondered if you ever thought about that whole concept. Well, my my wife is is superstitious, and so. Okay. <laughs> She believed that whole things happen in threes uh, yeah. uh, argument or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I don't remember who the third one was. I'm sure if we look back on 2020, we could find yeah, somebody that we, we know. Yeah, yeah, but we could, yeah, she yeah. absolutely, I'm, I'm still on the fence, but my wife absolutely believes that tragic stuff like that happens in threes, man. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. Don't sweat the technique. Don't sweat the technique. All right, welcome back to Four Acres in the Malibu podcast. Uh, we've been discussing 2020. So, Reg, I, I know um, the George Floyd uh, situation was uh, really was hit, hit home and was close to home for you. Yeah. So, you know, you obviously can't talk about 2020 without talking about George Floyd and the whole uh, blowback from that thing, man, that 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 
pretty much uh, the, the whole summer of this year, at least minimally, the entire summer was consumed by the whole George Floyd incident and all of that. And for me, the hardest part for me with that whole thing going down was, you know, the fact that, you know, I live in Minneapolis. I'm from Chicago, but I live in Minneapolis now. I've been living here for the last four years. And Minneapolis, this, this whole, the whole George Floyd thing happened probably about what, maybe 10, 15 miles from my house. Okay. Like, like literally like a, a, a neighborhood that's like 25, 30 minutes from where I live, man. And so to see that happen practically in my backyard, dude, first of all, that that definitely shakes your faith in terms of whether you believe you living in the city that you're supposed to be in. Like, man, and and I can't tell you how many other black people like myself, like my coworkers and all of that black people that I work with that was like, man, should we leave? It don't seem like it's safe here. But but it's what's what's interesting, though, is that. What I found through this is that the media paints this picture of of like the neighborhood that George Floyd lived in and where the whole incident went down, painted this picture about Minneapolis being this place that's not, uh, you know, uh, that's not hospitable to black people. And Minneapolis has its issues. Don't get me wrong. But the thing that 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 I think I've walked away with this whole George Floyd thing was just how the media played it up. Like I literally uh, a, a friend of a friend on Facebook, like this is not someone that's connected to me. They literally took a picture of like a war torn country in Europe. Like cropped it and then said, this is downtown Minneapolis. Oh, and wow. it had burning it had burning cars uh buildings rubble you know buildings destroyed burned down rubble and all of that and they said this is downtown minneapolis right now mm. and it was like and, and it, it couldn't have been further from the truth man it, it turns out that 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 photo was obviously um doctored, uh, right. it was doctored up and everything and it, it wasn't what they said it was but it was just it was just so hard to see how this whole thing uh just blew up and it took on a life of its own and you know, but 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 being such close proximity to where this happened, man, really put another level of uh, of meaning to me on this dude. It was just it was just a tragic event, man. I must say that I was scared to leave the crib for probably about a good two or three weeks after that. No, and, I, and that's understandable, man. Because I mean, you was right down there in the middle of all that nonsense. Uh, so the the one thing I, I could say that 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 whole George Floyd situation, I, I was just amazed at how that whole situation. This 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 one particular individual galvanized this country to the place that it did. I mean, you had people of all races, creeds, colors, religions uh, marching, protesting, and uh, and speaking up, and for the for the first time in a really long time in this country. And it, and it was it it made you feel good that that we were finally able to get to that place. It was it was a little scary. I ain't gonna lie, because uh, it, it became a lot. At times, but um, but but I I was so thankful and happy to see us come together finally as a as as the United States of America because uh, it, it's been it's been tough on all, all of us, man. Finally, corporate America is listening, and I've been ranting and raving for the last couple of weeks, just like man, like this in 2020 of all the years, black people finally being recognized as black people. You know what I'm saying? We actually got red blood too, just like everybody else. You know what I'm saying? We bleed. 
We we actually spend money. You know what I'm saying? We smart. You know what I'm saying? Some of us got good hair. You know what I'm saying? Oh boy, here we go with the good <laughs> hair thing again. But uh, oh boy, but yeah, but 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 for that single individual to be able to galvanize this country the way it did, obviously the election went the way most of us wanted it to go, and I think we can move forward now as a as a nation, as a country. Um, I, go ahead. I, um, I, you know, I, to to me that 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 situation it it uh that I guess I don't know if it was a combination of that and and the the pandemic. Um, but it's just it it it's amazing to me how it uh, it revealed uh, so much about different different people. You know, I, I I was listening to Reg talk, and I a lot of you and I've had this conversation. I may have mentioned it to Reg too. Um, Reg shocked me, man. <laughs> For sure, like, and, and he he shocked himself. He shocked himself. If, so the the listeners won't won't necessarily notice, but Reg is usually kind of a t- real even kill quiet kind of dude, you know, you know, kind of he lays low, you know. And he lives in his own little bubble, player. That's all it is. To some degree, but hey, hey, I take offense to that. You're talking about a little, little bubble. You know, it it's a comfortable step, bubble, you know. Him and his wife <laughs> step, I think, step outside of their normal comfort zone, and I I, I, I will not lie to you. I, I, The whole time, I was so inspired by it. I was, every time I would come across a post of theirs and see how they kind of stepped out, you know, and because it's, it's kinda, you know, it's, it's a bit much to you know, to, to express your sentiments, you know, to the, to the masses, you know, um, yes. you know, you know, we, we all, I think we all want to stay, you know, we is typically want to stay even kill with people, but that was a very volatile situation. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't hold back, you know, about expressing their thoughts about it. And, you know, like you said, they were right, what, you know, within 15 miles of what, what, what went down. So I, like I said, I was inspired by it. And, and then in the same token, I, you know, you, when you talk about the, the galvanizing, you know, of, of the country, I, I, I absolutely love that. I love the way the, 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 the different representation stepped out for the Black Lives Matter movement. The other piece of that, though, is that I think it exposed some of the people that, you know, who, who you, you know, you thought might have been, you know, um, you know, I don't know, it exposed what you might call your so-called friends or co-workers on whatever level. I, absolutely. I, 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 Lot of oh, yes, for sure. It's, Definitely. It's that yeah. true colors, the true colors movement. So for me, that was very enlightening, you know. And as you know, I, I, I took a lot away from that as well. Yeah, no, you got a great point about uh, yeah. that because that, that allowed to shed the light on a lot of people, right? Because, yeah. you know, a lot, a lot of people tell you they in your corner. <laughs> they in your corner until they, <laughs> they got to stand up for you, right? And so, yeah, and that you know, and that helped me a lot too. Uh, we're dealing with just a lot of different people, so and I mean, I think all through all all of us, all four of us, uh, especially through through work, we we have to deal with none, none of us are privy to just deal with with, with who we're comfortable with. So um, that, that this that whole situation shed a lot of light on a lot of things and allowed us to uh, you know make decisions about who's important and who's not important, right? You know, and and. and- and like I said earlier, like it, for me, it, it really uh, showed how one-sided the media can be, right? You know, yes. and again, the media, the media has its place in this world. But like me being here in, you know, basically in in the backyard of where all this George Floyd stuff went down, man, there was peaceful protests all the time. People just marching with their families want their voice to be heard, and then they go home at the end of the day, right? right. And then the, the, the bad elements came in uh, af- afterward, right? And to be honest with you, a lot of them was white, 
right? Like they wasn't, they, they had different agendas. They wasn't supporting like, you know, justice for George Floyd or the Black Lives Matter movement or whatever. These were white supremacists. These were anarchists all coming in to, you know, just throw shade on what the productive people were actually doing. And that's what the media showed. Like the media didn't show that people was out there marching. Like we had young black and white college students out marching on behalf of justice for George Floyd, all that kind of stuff. We had families out there with kids, right? Just wanted their voice to be heard. The media only showed buildings burning. You know what I mean? Only showed rocks being thrown at the police officers. Only showed, you know, the police officers roughing people up and all that kind of stuff. Like, they didn't show how it did galvanize the Black community around here. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's the part that that I feel. Like, uh, again, I feel everything that everyone else felt, and I was outraged just like everybody else. But I think that just that that's the part that really hit me hard is like, man, the, the narrative that was being shared outside of this area, you know, was just really, really far from the truth, or at least from what I observed being right here in the same town of where that happened. Right. What an interesting perspective too, man. It's, Correct. Uh, yeah, because, you know, I don't think most of us would know that, you know? And it's like, but but it's 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 eye opening, you know, to know that that there's I won't say that the media has an agenda, but it's interesting that you say you know in the red sitting here looking at what's actually happened, but Correct. someone got some person posts a picture of a war zone saying, and, and people that see that would think that's what the, you know what's going on in 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 the, in the city, but it's I don't know you wonder about that sometimes. Yeah, it wasn't, no, it wasn't like that at that. all. Yeah, wasn't like that at all. It was it was we drove through the neighborhood. Matter of fact. We ate, we found a soul food restaurant in that neighborhood, man, that had that, you know, we was like, man, we was driving around because we wanted to see for ourselves what the media was displaying. Like, you know, is it really as bad? We was like, no, we, yeah, what's up? Did they have neck bones? (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, what about them gizzards? Neck bones. Them gizzards, they had them them gizzards. Giblets, gizzards, <laughs> neck bone, dude, they had it all. Hey, I'm gonna tell y'all, y'all come up here and visit this place, man. They had uh, what man, what was that chicken they had, dude? They had fried chicken and they also had uh, roasted. roasted chicken, man. You name it, man. It's it's a good place, man. Y'all come up here if y'all ever, you know, get out of y'all little bubbles, Lardo. <laughs> Ooh. And come <laughs> and come up here, man. I got y'all on some soul food. This is this joint is fire. Let's do it. Let's do and it. So per- personally, I'm a little reluctant to, uh, you know, to rush to soul food in Minnesota. But but I feel you though. Know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's messed up, man. It's black people but, here. Stop so so I might I might mess with some feathers or something. You know what I'm saying? While I'm up there, you know what I'm saying? Oh, see, here we go. Here we or, go. Or some you roasted get, mooses or something. Man, you can get that. You can get that. Put some miles on. You can get if you want some wild game, you can get that from my neighbors, dog. I'm talking about let's go to a real restaurant. So stop tripping. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. Dog. I understand. I, I, I appreciate you though. With that being said, hey Junior, go ahead talk to us a little bit about uh, you know working from the crib and uh and some other things. Okay, I uh you know I, I there's a um I, I may ask you guys got to jump in because uh, there's a couple different perspectives uh about that whole concept. One of one of which. I think there's a much different from mine, but I'm so curious to hear um, how other folks dealt with it because I don't have any little kids at home, so I didn't have to deal with that whole schooling issue. 
Right. But I'll kind of I'll kind of start from what the one of the uh, primary perspectives of what I had going on. So for for our jobs, I, so I work I work in Lake Forest from where I live. It's at least about an it's an hour minimum uh, commute to go all the way up there. So um, and a lot of folks that work in my office um, have at least a 30 to 45 minute commute. So we've been preaching for years about, you know, uh, letting us work from home, you know, and uh, we've done it by necessity, um, you know, here and now before. I mean, here and now in the, in the past. Um, but we had a couple people that kind of ab- abused the. Um, yeah, I saw that too. Um, abused the, uh, the privilege. And so they kind of really locked down on it and said, okay, only by in, uh, emergency necessity you know, will we allow folks to work from home. So, you know, we've been getting, I mean, honestly, we've been asking that question for like the last, you know, at least five years. So it's so interesting that this, uh, the pandemic forced us into a scenario where we had to work from home. So, you know, Within a matter of, of weeks, if, if not less than that, they were able to convert our entire staff into a working from home, um, uh, you know, setup. And in doing so, not only did productivity uh, was maintained, it, you know, it, it got better. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so now there's this argument, you know, that, OK, well, what's, what, what is even, I will say, you know, the point of coming into the office for us in our in our building, we just uh, for, for Granger. They just, you know, in the last seven, eight years, they built this new headquarters up in Lake Forest. So um, it would, and it, it houses all different, a whole bunch of different departments, not just the one I work for. So it wouldn't necessarily be um, uh, feasible for them to say, okay, well, we're going to have everybody work from home because the, they own that edifice. But were we in a small outfit like we were before, you know, or in, 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 in like little outlet? There, there would likely be no reason for them to bring us back into the office. I mean, it would be a cost savings for them, you know? Um, so I, that, that's kind of the perspective I had. So we just kind of now waiting to see what's going to become of that, you know, if, if, um, if this might be a, a more of a long-term scenario for us um, or, you know, because bringing us back into the office won't change anything dynamically, you know, uh, from a production standpoint at all. So I was, you know, in the same token, I was kind of curious to hear from y'all you know, with the with the, the kids situations and the and the remote learning, the hybrids, how's that worked out for you all? You know, because that's a lot. I don't have to deal with that. It's just me and the dog here. What about you all? <laughs> what the dog ain't remote learning? You know what I'm saying? A B G D E F P. Nice. Hey, so yeah, so you know, I my my perspective on that is is a mixed one, right? So, um. So my company, very similar to yours, man, was was real reluctant to let us all work from home, right? Uh, you know, we we could, you know, I've been there for a few years now, and they would give us the ability to work from home like a day or two, yeah, uh, a, a week or whatever as needed. But they were all worry, always reluctant to allow like just massive amounts of people or like the whole company to have this work from home thing, you know, the opportunity because they was fearful of like losing control or whatever the case. You know I what I mean? That might be, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. That seems like that was kind of it. Right. But when the, this whole pandemic, if there's one benefit to this whole thing and I know it's been it's been really rough on a lot of people myself included just living in this whole you know environment with this pandemic 
the one benefit I think is that it has forced a lot of people, and I mean corporate companies, corporations in general, to kind of think outside of the box. Big right? time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think outside of the box. Because my company at first was like, hey, y'all going to work from home for a month. And oh, then, okay. then one one month turned into three months. Yeah, And then three months turned into five. And then come September, you know, we shut down in March. And then come September, they was like, man, forget it. We just, we're going to keep everybody home until June 2021. Whoa, are you serious? <laughs> Yeah, wow. yeah. So they 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 said it right away. Like similar to what Google did the same thing. Google was like, "Hey, then they go in indefinite? indefinite." Yeah, but, but at first they was like, "Like this is in like April." Google was uh-huh. like, "All right, we're gonna close the office until 2021." Wow, wow. And so it took my company a little bit longer to do that. But yeah, they was just like, "Forget it." So I'm I'm by the time this is all over, man, I'm gonna be at least a year, going on a year and a half, minimally working at the crib and it has its pluses and minuses man i I do enjoy being able to get up you know roll out of bed you know (laughs) shower if i want to if i want to shower i ain't got to you know what i'm saying i'm just saying what was your normal commute like Uh, see that's the other thing my my commute was only seven minutes door to door man i work my my office is right down the street (laughs) sorry (laughs) Julia. Sorry, Junior. <laughs> so that so that seven minute commute got you know came down to like like thirty seconds now. You know what exactly. I mean? So yeah. But uh, so that that part has been kind of cool. You know, to get a little bit more flexible. Um, I find that I work longer because like there's no set time to do anything. Like I don't have to, I don't have to you know be in the wind. Like the office ain't closing and all of that. So if somebody oh, yeah. hit me. If somebody hit me up at like six o'clock, seven o'clock at night, I find myself responding to emails. You know, nah, what I mean? yeah, 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 stuff like that. But then, uh, but the whole distance learning, man, that's a whole another situation, dude. Like my my oldest son, who's thirteen, he's fine with it. My youngest son, who's eight, like my my oldest son, you know, honor roll student, all of this. Like he just he he just has that mind where he he knows how to focus. My youngest son is very different. He's very active, likes to be, you know, very social, very active. It's been hard on him, man, because this 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 is just you know, learning at home is just not conducive of the way he likes to learn. He got no recess. He got no classmates necessarily that he gets to hang out with. Yeah. Uh, the lunchtime, he loves all of that stuff. Like he 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 gets a lot of socialization from school. So yeah, I was, uh, was going to ask that question too. Yeah. That social aspect. How much? How much? How much of an impact is that on the kid? I mean, because I, I I see a lot That's of it on huge. the news, but I haven't I haven't yeah. dealt with it directly. Oh, it's huge yeah. for these kids, man. Because I mean, like, so especially for kids that you know, you go to school. I mean, you around. Let's say you are around a hundred other kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every day, five days a week, and you go from that from being in the house. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. And, and so there's still uh, ways that they can still. Uh, you know, Connect. yeah, but but hey, it's not the same. I mean, and like some some like my, unfortunately, my son doesn't struggle with that because he don't want to go to school anyway. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's, he's been he's been he's been transparent, dog. You know, <laughs> giving credit for that. You know, so, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's affected my daughter a little bit. Uh, she uh, she's used to the, the the social aspect of school, and uh, yeah, and and but even the social aspect of being around her teachers. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. she 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 enjoys that aspect of school. So, so that 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 part has been hard on them. And then, you know, one of the things that uh, like a lot of us parents had to go through, and thankfully my kids are a little bit older, so I don't have to do as much. But like, I mean, we had to basically become in home teachers. And wow, yeah, yeah, because you you got to sit up here and make sure they're doing this work. If they got if they got issues or they they struggling, you have to take the time to uh to work with them. I mean, and like the, the way they they learn now ain't the way we learn. It's not even close. Like that, that has that been a big a big challenge for you all? You know, having to do your own stuff from home too. Well, well, right. Well, from from the aspect of like if they need help and they need your time and your attention, absolutely. Because like I mean, dude, like the days that I stay home and work with the kids, I'm the lunch lady. I'm the gym teacher. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I'm the I'm the uh, the janitor. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so I think how can you get things done on your own? Even that, that, that's that, I guess I've been real curious about that. So 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 so. Yeah, the that's time, is when they're actually in class though because because they they should they should be engaged they 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 should be following instruction and so that's the time that i you know i work and you know try to do my own thing as much as i can Same that's thing, hard, man. Mm-hmm. yeah well i'm i'm real thankful well first of all lauda you being the lunch lady and the janitor and all that you should be used to that that like there's nothing that that's that's your world, dog. No, well, I'm do I'm I'm really thankful that that my wife Lisa stays home and she handles the kid, you know, the the learning, the distance learning every single day. Like she's and she's on it, dude. She's she gets him up, gets it, she and she even mount dude. Me and my wife both are not great at math. I think I'm a little bit better than, than she is. Dude, don't, she don't, handles don't, it. don't please don't get me stuck. Hey man, hey, I'm better. I'm better. <laughs> I my I got my math. Uh, two plus two equals five. Come on, man. I, I get it. I get it. But 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 you know that's 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 the hard part is that like Lotto said earlier though we we not teachers so sometimes you don't know what you don't know right exactly. and they and the way they teach this stuff is different from when we was coming up. Yes, I ain't close. Right. Yeah. No, no. They they're more like when we was coming up, you had to get the right answer. It didn't matter how you got it, as long as you got the right answer. Here, yeah. there's more of an emphasis on. How you got you know, on the process and how you got the answer. So that's the part that's kind of hard to teach because it ain't it ain't what we used to. You know what I mean? Right. That's not how we was brought up when we was in school. So two so, plus two equals four, but why does it equal four? Absolutely. Exactly. No, no, well, no, no. So, but how did you get exactly. there? Right. So how, 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 show me how you told yeah. told me that. Show you, me your work. Right. 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 What? What? Uh, two, and plus, what other two equal four? Right. And you got and you got to write it down, and you got to do all of this on your computer, blank slate. Correct. Get out. Right? Get out. <laughs> yeah. Get out. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the hard to, part. Um, and did y'all have to purchase any like laptops for the kids? Or did they no, 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 no. Well, our, our school district provided all of that for the kids. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's same. Cool. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a, I got a question for y'all because um, I see this on the news even to this point daily. What do you think? So who um, they asked the question about should they be trying to get these kids back in school now, um, or continue with the the, the whole e learning um, you know hybrid situation or the, the learning from home? And from you all's perspective, what what would you like to see happen? I mean, are you ready to send them back? I, I'll let Reg go first, and then I, and then I'll chime in. Man, so I I still think it's too soon. Now, 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 again, you know, I I don't think there will ever be a replacement for 
on site learning, like learning in school, kids physically okay. going to school and learning from a teacher who has been trained to do all this stuff, right? Right, right. But in my opinion, like the whole reason why they sent them home, you know, and, and did this distance learning thing, like none of the issues that they've been trying to address have been adequately addressed yet. Like vaccines, right? Just coming out. I just right. read now there's, you know, the vaccines are rolling out significantly shorter than they said, right? There's a new strain of COVID-19 going around. All of this oh, stuff, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, so all of the stuff that prompted this distance learning in the first place, half, most of that stuff is it's still, still there. It yeah. hasn't, exi- yeah. And see, for me, my son, he was born with like some lung issues, right? He's had, oh, he's, yeah. he's susceptible to pneumonia. So we're not sending him back, man. So if there's any chance of him catching COVID and it being rough, yeah, we're not sending him back. So I always tell people this, uh, and I preface it by saying this, there's nobody on the face of the earth that wants their kids to go back to school more than I do. You know what I'm saying? See that, see that, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what I was interested to hear. I, I thought that might be what you were gonna say. But break that down, man. Because <laughs> I, I, mean, I try to understand when I see this on the news every day. I try to understand. I'm I'm, I'm okay with 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 these hybrid versions of things, but with that being said, there has to be real plans, right? So these these school districts have had nine months to deal with what they had to deal with, and so this and, this, and I always bring this point up too. So when, you know, you got these little school boards, these people want to run for leadership and be president of the school board and and run these schools and be the principals and be the uh, superintendents of these school districts, right? Uh Now is when you need to do your damn job, right? Because now you have a situation in front of you where there's people counting on you to make decisions as the leader. So stop running for, stop wanting to be the leader and you just want the title, right? Or you just want the uh, the cash that comes with, with, with having the job. But now you have to actually lead a group. Effectively of do your job. Huh? Correct. And, and stop making mm-hmm. excuses, but do your job because, and I'm not saying this is an easy thing to deal with. It's not. But you asked for this position. <laughs> so you have these school districts and some school districts are much bigger than others. I don't know exactly how big the school district Regis kids go to, but my 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 the school district my, my children go to like the high school is humongous right we got almost three thousand kids go to the high school so wow. a hybrid situation is difficult to deal with right but what I would say is that leadership has always taken a very proactive uh, approach to all of this right they constantly send out emails uh, they they uh, when this when it first hit back in March immediately they were like hey everybody remote learning everybody at home right the school the new school year was about to start in August they said hey we're not ready. We understand our faults. We're not ready. And so we we going we still doing uh remote learning. But the goal is to get to a place where we're gonna have a hybrid model. And so right now they're they're planning on rolling out a hybrid model in February. They have a plan that's in place. Uh I feel comfortable with it, but ultimately I'll leave the decision up to my daughter if she wants to if she wants to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? If she doesn't so for, for you, um which of these three would, would apply most? Do you think they should be back in school because of uh, existing learning deficiency? One one, or a social deficiency? Number two, or number three, because of the impact that it has on your home with them being there. So, so off the top of my head, I would say, oh boy. So you know what? So for 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 my daughter, I would say the social deficiency. For my son, I would say the uh, learning deficiency. 
Um, uh, okay. So, because, I mean, all kids learn differently. Um, and I think for him, he would, uh, it would be better for him to have to be in a classroom with, with the teacher standing in front of him. Mm. Yep. You know, this, this whole yep. e-learning thing allows a lot of children to slack off. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I figured yep. that. I figured that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. My um, son, my my son is in the same boat. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But, but ultimately, I'm I'm not I'm not okay with nobody going back to school until it's safe to do so. Right. So okay, um, right. that's that's a big issue too. Right. That that's my biggest mm-hmm. issue. So and so if they gotta wait until August, they're just gonna have to wait until August. I mean, but I I I would love for them to go back to school. But one thing I'm not willing to risk is nobody's help. Uh, yeah, the risk of right. my children, the risk of my this this household, and and my thing is too with these teachers, right? They, they, they're, they're human beings also. Why 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 are we putting them yeah. at risk? Yeah, because yep. they have families. They they have mothers, grandmothers, or whatever that they have to be around, and and I, and the thought that they have to do this uh, and risk their health just so they could get that check is, is insane to me. It's so. insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, but but ideally, yes, I would love for uh, everybody to go back to school. And so for right now, we're going to go ahead and pause this part of it. Uh... Welcome back to Four Acres in the Malibu podcast. Uh, we've been discussing 2020. Uh, Kelly, what was your perspective on 2020? What was impactful to you? Uh, so for me, uh, it's interesting. I was diagnosed with prostate cancer in the pandemic. So I was diagnosed in late July, early August. And I ended up having surgery at the end of uh, August. So yeah, so late July diagnosis, um, eight, late August was the surgery. Okay. So for me, and I mean, I ended up being cured 100%, which is great. I'm grateful for my health, but, uh, that was during COVID. So COVID and, and then, uh, more, more than that in March, uh, I ended up losing my job. And then in May, I ended up getting another one. And then in late July, diagnosed with prostate cancer, uh, late August surgery, about eight weeks after that. Yeah, right. Ooh. Eight weeks after that, I ended up, uh, you know, getting the, the confirmation that they got all the cancer and everything was all good. But man, I've never had a chance to heal from any of that. Like it's because we've been just stuck in the house. Right. But what I will Mm -hmm. say though, is those things were heavy, but I'll tell you that wasn't the most impactful stuff for me. Um, What was more impactful was that was a relationship that I ended up building with my daughters. 
So because we were all stuck in the house and at one point um, during my recovery, like if you think that like your days blend into each other just from COVID, imagine like just having to focus on one thing, which is recovery, right? So every day is the same pretty much, right? So what my daughter started doing was, excuse me, they would come and they would just hang out. Like they would come to wherever I was and I mean, I don't know if you have, if you guys are have been around girls. I, Lord, I know you have because uh, you got a daughter. But um, they just start talking. I mean, I'm assuming boys do the same thing. Like, but they just start talking. And after why you be like, what the hell are you even saying, right? But it was, it was them trying to spend time with me. And so, in the mm-hmm. midst of them just starting the conversation, it helped me open up to just talk, like just talk in a way that we hadn't their whole lives, quite frankly, um, because it, <clears throat> you know, parenting tends to dominate the conversation. So uh, we would talk, you know, basically about how your day was or, you know, maybe what their friends were doing or things like that. But they wouldn't have just we would have long conversations. But during COVID, man, we got extremely close. Like one one night, I remember we sat and talked for three hours. It was like, we started at 11 and I mean, it, it was well after one when we stopped, maybe closer to two. But those memories are what I will take from COVID because I never could have got that any other way. Yeah, no, That's no. dope. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 I, I'm, I'm about to start crying, but but I mean, I appreciate you sharing. Though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lord have mercy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. We was on such a positive note for, you know, Kelly. Right. You know. right. I, I think Man, listen. Wrong. Hey, hey, I do. I got a question for you, though. Serious one, though. So, hey, so how did you feel about going into like going under the knife, going to a hospital and all of that in in the midst of a pandemic, dude? Because like I had to go get a I had to go to the dentist like a couple of months ago and get a crown put on one of my teeth, man, that had cracked. Dude, I was and I was nervous. I'm like, dude. This is like a public place where like germs just can potentially breathe. Like, dude, how did it feel to go under the knife in in, in the midst of a pandemic? And before before you answer, man, let me let me piggyback on Red's question, just because I was I, I had a somewhat similar one. But I, with that, you know, the diagnosis was there anything hmm. for you that like that led up to that? Like, did that you, you knew there was an issue? You know, like um, how did that all go about? Yeah, I'll answer uh, Reg's question first because uh, it's the easiest. Uh, I was terrified. I, I don't even lie. So it was two things going on for me. One, the COVID piece was 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 top of mind for sure. But it was I, that diagnosis for me changed from kind of the youthful, I'm young and healthy kind of attitude that that you have. Not necessarily invincibility. I had my teenagers have that, right? But I mean, like as a younger, younger man, right? Like I'm, I'm 47, about to be 48, and in the grand scheme of things, that's relatively young, right? So, but that diagnosis, man, that changed everything. Like the, I suddenly felt unbelievably mortal, right? So then I'm questioning everything, like what, what's that mole? What's that pain I feel? Or this don't feel right? Or I'm, I'm dizzy? Like what is that? everything freaks me out now. Right. Um, so that was the first thing. And then COVID was the layer on top of that. Um, but to answer your question, June, I'd had a high, 
PSA. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's uh, something, something, a particular antigen test. And um, they, that number for normal men, I think is around two. Mine usually hovered around four or sometimes five, but I, I, it's genetic. So my dad had it, my uncle had it. It runs in my family for the men. Yeah. So, um, and then black men are higher likelihood to get it anyway. So, uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I had battled enlarged prostate or some version of prostate for most of my adult life. So those numbers at the time weren't surprising to me, but it's funny. I have a funny story about it, or not maybe funny, but interesting. I was at Laudo's house for his Super Bowl party. And yeah. he invited one of his buddies whose wife I went to college with. And so he's a doctor. And so I was rapping with him at the party. He was, I think I was about to leave. And I was like, hey, man, like I got this. I had just recently gotten a test, a PSA test, and the number was higher than it was normally. So I was like, what do you think I should do? He was like, listen, man, like when you get abnormal tests and abnormal stuff, stuff that sticks out to you, you should go get it checked out. I got a buddy that's in, you know, the urology department. Let me refer you over to him. Mm. Went to go see the dude. He drew a PSA. That number was lo- actually lower than the previous test. But he was like, listen, you got a family history of it. You've had high tests before. Let's get a biopsy. Let me explain something to you. That biopsy is no joke. It is no joke, right? Like, but it is a necessary step. So I got the biopsy. The biopsy comes back and it, they take 12 different cores from your prostate. Mm. three of the 12, uh, no, four of the 12 cores were positive for me, which is actually a good sign. That means they catch, they caught it early. And when they catch prostate cancer early, it's really good for you because it's a really slow growing cancer. Typically Mm. they're really slow growing. So they caught it early. And the idea is your prostate is sort of like an orange. It has a rind on it. And the, if the cancer is contained within the rind, you're in good shape. They just cut it out. There's a relatively low likelihood of recurrence, although, you know, there is a percentage uh, that it could reoccur. But yeah, I, so you can do either radiation or you can do surgery. I opted for surgery. Mm. And they cut it out. And then what they do is they test it after they get the whole prostate out because the biopsy is just a sample. Okay. So they test the whole thing. And then they tell you exactly what it was. And so mine matched what my biopsy showed. The, ca- mm. the cancer was contained within the prostate. And then so I'm all good, physically anyway. Uh, nah. that's, so that's good. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, just like physically, I, I'm, I'm thankfully you, you, you're in a good place. You know what I'm saying? Mentally, we're still working on that, right? <laughs> right, right. And, and how did you, so cancer aside, <laughs> How did you survive eating food at Lotto's crib during a Super Bowl party? Like, let's go there. <laughs> well, I couldn't tell if I was sick from prostate uh, oh. issues or oh, if it was roll. the food, right? Like, I okay, first, really very tell. similar. And, and, very and similar. I think yeah. that I think that I got a, initially I got a negative test. You know what and, I mean? And, because and we, right. and we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Right. We're not, we're right. Not doing this. I hope you didn't get a cholesterol test after Lotto's house. Yeah, so, so that's something different. Because if you got a cholesterol test, it's through the roof, right? No, my man, my man Lotto, <laughs> throw down in the kitchen for sure. You get that. Hey, on, on, that, on that PSA level thing, man, is that something that would come up in, in, in like normal physicals or you have to get a specialized test for that? You, your doctor either has to order a specific uh, reading, you know, like they get your, it's a blood test. 
So okay. when you do a blood test, you could do a full workup, including that. But most of the blood work that I've had didn't include that. You, your doctor has to specifically test for PSA. And then it's sort of like uh, diabetes, right? So A1C, I think, is the number that they look at for uh, for diet, for pre-diabetes is A1C. And PSA is the same thing. You, if okay. you request the PSA out of the blood work, it'll tell you what your number is. Okay. I'm and then there's two. There's actually a PSA and then there's PSA free. So PSA just gives you a number. So it, like I said, normal should be around two black men. I think it's higher, um, but that's generally the benchmark. And then PSA free, there's some, <clears throat> there's some chemical uh, in the blood that if that number is high, I think it is, I may be doing this wrong, but I think that if that number is high, then it's good. If it's low, then it's bad. And in whatever it was, mine was really, really off. And so PSA tells you if it's more likely than not cancer versus like enlarged be- enlarged prostate or something like that. Cool. Good to know, man. I appreciate that. I'm going to ask those questions. I want to make sure I'm, I'm ahead of it. You know? uh, g- g- great, great story, Kelly. So one of the things that, that did happen in 2020 is um, a lot of significant deaths, right? Um, a lot of celebrities, a lot of well-known people have passed in uh, 2020. Um, I mean, take 30 seconds, just reflect on one particular person and talk about it. Junior. Um, I, you know, we hit some of the big ones. You, you know, you talked about Kobe. Um, you know, what's funny about the, uh, uh, I, I had, I, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but I was just thinking this yesterday. I don't know why I thought about this. Um, so, okay, you know, we lost Debo, you know, the cultural influence that Debo was. Right. And I, and maybe this might be a, a topic for um, another discussion, but I want to pose this because I was thinking about this yesterday. And this is going to sound like a crazy question, but I really want to get perspective on it at some point. Do you think, do you wonder sometimes that people die at the wrong time? Oh, wow. And I will explain that question this way. Like, I was thinking, because I, I, I was listening to some music yesterday, and I, I think um, a Barry White song came on. And when Barry White passed, I don't know, maybe it was about four or five years ago, I forgot, I forget when it was, it was like a blurb on the news. You know, I think they talked about it behind, like, the weather or something. And I was thinking, man, that was Barry White. I think, imagine if he, that had happened when he, when he was in his heyday. And so I, 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 you know how they talk about getting your roses while you're still here. Yeah. I always, I, I, I was asking myself yesterday. Do, you know, again, I'm, I'm asking the question in this fashion for the sake of the impact. But do people die at the wrong times? Like, it's like, you know, it's James Brown for another example. James Brown was as great as he was. He still got his his acknowledgement when he passed. But think about had that happened when he was James Brown. James Brown. Correct. You know, I don't. So again, I'm on a tangent a little bit, but I. I, it's, you asked that question, so it brought that to my mind because I was just thinking about this yesterday. But, but again, Debo, I, I give an example. Just, just you know, just that you know, it, it. Every time I don't know if you all have the same reaction. Every time I see a post because you, you you normally hear about it on uh, um, social media. If not, if you're not catching the news, but it, there's always an emptiness that, that comes over me when I see something like that. It's just like you know, it's like that lo- you, that immediate feeling of loss. And we've, we've never even met the, the person. But it's like it's a component 
of, if you will, of, of your of your upbringing and something. Because who who didn't take in a movie like that? And, and when you talk about Kobe, who didn't you know try to go on the court and be like Kobe? You know, so it's like when I see that kind of stuff, it just it it it, it pinches, man. It, it takes a little bit from me. But okay, let me shut up. It's interesting uh, listening to your perspective on that, June. Um, it, I, so I don't believe that people die at the wrong. I, I believe like your point in time is your point in time. Like and that, oh, yeah. that was, you know, set in motion when, when you when you hit the floor. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But that being said, I get your point, right? Like like I always um, like I think about uh, Jimi Hendrix. Good, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like. Like people don't appreciate like what I mean. People do, I guess, appreciate like what a genius he was. But exactly. Uh, but I mean, like he left before he actually like completely had, developed whatever that thing was that he was gonna have. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh. So I mean, you know, and I mean, I think artists I, I, to some extent are different because I think that they, you know, flame themselves out because they tap so deep into something that most of us can't access. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but for me, I guess the most impactful, uh, I think it's pretty obvious though, but it, it's, it's Kobe, right? Because again, for me, I was dealing with, uh, well, at the time, uh, I, I found out about Kobe as my wife was running for office. So we were at this forum at Trinity United Church Christ. We were literally at this forum about to start the forum the political forum and uh you know the alert hit my phone and i was just like like i think i was like you june like i was like it's like it, this is a joke right it's like is this somebody like that and and i didn't even actually mean joke but i meant like you know how like there's all of these internet rumor mills yeah 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 you know a site fake news pretend to be, fake news yeah fake news, fake yeah. news. there you fake go yeah, mm-hmm. So you like, you know, it's probably some overzealous reporter because this exactly. could possibly be true. You know, be there's true. some exactly. overzealous, you That's know, paparazzi that I was like, you know, oh, I'm just going to say it before somebody else says it, even though it's not true. So I could be the first. Anyway, yeah. So that's kind of what I thought it was. And then it like, you know, I'm like you, like it, I kept refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. And everybody was kind of saying the same thing. And you like, whoa. Really? Right? I know. Exactly. <laughs> it's like this for real. So, yeah, so I mean, like that dude, that that just that was such a surreal experience for me to have somebody that was literally starting the second act of his life that had been so great in the first one, uh, you know, to watch or or to know that like he's vulnerable too, and it, yeah. I think it mattered because he was Kobe, right? Like he he was the toughest, like nastiest. You know, son of a gun, black mom in basketball, right? Like he, he was invincible. Dude towards Achilles. Dude just throw the located fingers and would go to the sideline, get it popped back in, and go play and, and hang forty on somebody. So <laughs> you just, I, at least me, I never thought of him as vulnerable, even though everybody is vulnerable to a, a plane. I mean, uh, accident, a helicopter accident. You get what I'm saying, but you get the, mm-hmm. the point that I'm making, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, it was Kobe for sure. Right, go ahead, Red. Uh, I'll tell you, so behind Kobe, I think the, the death, uh, celebrity death that hit me 
a very, very close second was was Chadwick Bozeman. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. The Black Panther, man. Like, dude, I had just it felt like I just got done seeing his movies and was like looking forward to seeing Black Panther, too. You know what wow. I mean? Like yeah. this dude fully brought to the silver screen one of my favorite super comic book superheroes, man. So I'm like, this dude is Black Panther. Like, uh, aside from all the other stuff he's done, like when he played Jackie Robinson, I've seen him in a few other movies, man, where he's just, he's an amazing actor up and coming. I was looking forward to seeing him in a lot more stuff. James and Brown. For him, yeah, and James Brown, yep. And for him to kind of dip out when he did, man, that was that was another one that hit me real hard, dude. Because I was, I was a big fan, man, and was looking forward to seeing him in so much more, uh, so many more masterpieces. And he just, when he died, that one, that one really shook me, like a really close second behind Kobe. Yeah, no, and I agree with that because it was so unexpected. Like nobody knew he was sick. Uh, I mean, dude, just turned forty, right? I think. Um, and and for him to be able to go through everything he went through, uh, and then all of a sudden he's just not here one day. That 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 was bananas. Yeah, that was crazy. So so I, I've been like, so as we've been having this conversation, I've been like scrolling through and just taking a look at at the names of of the people that are aren't with us anymore. It, it's it's so stunning to me. From uh, David Stern, who we all know, you know what I'm saying, NBA commissioner. Uh, pitching great Bob Gibson, uh, Joe Schumacher, the, uh, the director, Don Shula, the great N- uh, NFL coach, Gail Sayers, uh, Bears great, Regis wow. Philbin, Little mm. Richard, Curly Neal, Jerry Stiller, you know, Ben Stiller's dad, who's hilarious. Uh-huh. Uh, man, Coach John Thompson uh, from Georgetown. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all thought Georgetown was a black college because of this dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dude, and the only black people that went to Georgetown was the basketball team. You know what I'm saying? And for me, a big one, uh, well, two, there's two big ones for me. Um, Sean Connery, because... Oh, yeah, I forgot about Sean. It, it's not a lot of dudes. Like, you know, we we, 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 we black dudes. We, we, we do what we do. But that was a smooth, slick man. That that dude was impeccable, right? Um, that that that's that's the person that you would want to be like. Uh, his presence, uh, the way he talked when he walked in the room, uh, was second to none. And um, he made James Bond with James Bond. I mean, so all these other dudes will always come and go. There there will never be another Sean Connery for me. Never, uh, never. And, and for me, the other guy. Is Bob Gibson. Uh, I know y'all ain't big baseball dudes. Uh, and Bob Gibson kind of predated me. But when I really read about Bob Gibson, he was better in one season or a span of two to three seasons. He was better at what he did, probably better than anybody ever on the face of the earth did what they did for two or three years. And he huh. did this all in the middle of him and being a black man living in St. Louis because uh, I, we don't know a lot of. We don't, we don't talk a lot about St. Louis, but back in the 60s, black people weren't trying to be in St. Louis, period. Yikes. He he grew, he he played for the St. Louis Cardinals. He was a black man that was the pitcher. And 
every and anytime you ever talk to any baseball historian, anybody, any baseball player that played against him, white, black, or whatever, they will always tell you that there was no fiercer son of a than Bob Gibson. <laughs> and um, to lose somebody of his prowess and his uh, standing in the St. Louis community and for the Cardinals baseball organization, and to me, it's like losing Gail Sayers for us as Bears fans, right? Uh, but Gail Sayers is a mythical figure. Dude scored six touchdowns in a football game. That, that don't happen. Um, Crazy. And, and it's, it's just, I mean, and, and when we talk about just the, the number of people that were lost, and true enough, you know, these dudes were a little bit older. They in their 60s and their 70s. But it's, but it's But it's just so heavy. I mean, Alex Trebek, I mean, what, two weeks, three weeks uh, before his death, he was still working on Jeopardy? Yeah. Wow. Uh, just, I mean, man, 2020 been been on us, man. Uh, you know, I'm thankful we, we we able to make it to 2021. I, l- I look forward to to what, what it's going to bring to us. But we will never, ever forget 2020. It's uh, left an indelible mark on all of us. And uh, they're going to be talking about 2020 100 years from now. <laughs> so with all that being yep. said, man, we're we going to uh, wrap this up. Man, this has been a fantastic uh, time with you all today. Um, look forward to doing it again. And I'm a, any any uh, parting words from any of y'all? Let me buy three dollars or two. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> oh. Oh, I thought the camera was. I'm sorry. <laughs> Say one more time, dog. I, I text you. I need three dollars to two. Yeah, <laughs> I, I cash out for you, player. I got you, my man, my man. Uh, Rich. can't beat that. Nope, I'm I'm good, man. This been, this been good. Good rapping with y'all. No doubt. Five. Yeah, no, we need we need to uh, do this more often. Make it a regular thing. Uh, you know, let people get exposed to who we are. All the shenanigans, it gets worse than this, I promise you. This, this, is, the, this is the tamest that's ever going to be. So I'm looking forward to more. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I'll wrap it up with, man, hey, I appreciate y'all. We're going to let the rest of the world know what, what and who we are and why we need a, a few more acres. You know what I'm saying? Stop all that stripping. Peace, peace out, peace out, peace out, peace out, peace out, peace out. All right, stop. Here we go. Real world, one old school lens. Four different perspectives and one 85 mallet.